With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jeffrey, good morning. And all I can really say is woof about that game. Yeah, good morning, Ross. I wish we hung out every week under better circumstances, but it's good to be here nonetheless. And yeah, it was. Um, it was pretty rough on Sunday. Yeah, you're right. There, a few more wins would certainly help this conversation. It seems like every week, and uh, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I didn't get a chance to watch the game live. But I saw some highlights and then dove into some of the numbers. And I'll tell you what, that was a. I don't know who played worse, the offense or the defense, versus the Buffaloes in a twenty to three loss. Yeah, and the Bills were a team coming in that um, you know I felt pretty confident that Denver could really hang with if you looked at their schedule and um you know you get the sense that the bills have um benefited a bit from a light schedule and they've played the dolphins twice and they beat up on the jets early in the season and really hadn't had a win um i still don't think they've had a win over a um team that's above 500 their kind of signature win was against the titans who were five and five at the time, um, or as of last week, now um, six and five with their win. But so, you know, it looked like there was a team that kind of maybe was a little bit less good than their record. And Denver kind of, you know, hoped that they were better than their record showed. And um, it turned out that wasn't the case. Yeah, last yesterday's twenty to three loss uh, to the Bills, where I, I tell you, I just was looking at some of these team numbers, and I don't know what. I mean, some of them are just almost embarrassingly sad. First and foremost, just nine first downs the entire game. Nine first downs 
or a total of 134 yards. You pick, Jeffrey. Which statistic is worse, 134 total yards or just nine first downs? Oh, gosh. I mean, I think you've got to go with, well, um, I think the first downs has got to be it because you know, they're just not moving the ball and they're not, um, you know, they're not picking up first downs in key situations. And there's another one, too, on the other side was just all the third and longs that the Denver defense gave up. You know, the defense looks pretty good for um, most of the first and second down plays, especially in the first half, and then they just fell apart on third and long as they would let Josh Allen kind of scramble on them. But, yeah, the offense just um, looked completely stuck in the mud. Um, I think at one point in the second half they had negative 16 overall passing yards when you count sacks in there with the passing numbers. Um, Brandon Allen went like two for 12 in the second half. And so it was just not good. And it was, you know, it was a low scoring, um, low possession game anyway. The first quarter ended with each team getting a drive, one drive. And then Denver had, I think, two plays um, in their second drive. And so it was kind of a long, sloggy um, first quarter from from a drive perspective anyway. And so the possessions were shortened. And so in a game like that, Specifically, you know, every possession is key, and um, Denver just couldn't get it done. Yeah, there's no doubt the weather was not great, uh, but that's the way it is in Buffalo this time of year. And it just It's amazing. You were talking about the third down efficiency. Buffalo was 8 of 16 on third down uh, in this football game in which uh, they beat the Broncos 20 to 3. We're visiting with Jeffrey Essery of MileHighReport.com. I mean, do you – the 424 yards allowed by the defense is that a big is that a problem or is that more on the offense because they couldn't ever really ever keep the ball in their possession? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, you saw so Shelby Harris um, came up a little bit hurt in pregame warmups um, on the defensive line, and he went out there actually and played for majority of the first quarter and I think most of the first half. But then he came out, um, and, you know, he's a key piece along the defensive line. Adam Gotsis had struggled, um, and he had been sat for a little bit and then um, was activated today. And I haven't looked at the tape to see if, you know, he was some of the issues in run defense or not. But, you know, obviously letting letting Josh Allen escape and run around on him um, hurt those numbers. And then Chris Harris gave up a big play over the top. But I think the biggest issue that we saw is, is one that, you know, continue to recur and what we saw against the Minnesota Vikings is this secondary is just overmatched. You know, you have really good safeties with Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. Chris Harris's play has declined a little bit over the last several games, it seems like, but then the corners um, around him, specifically Duke Dawson and Devontae Harris, they're just, I mean, you know, Denver's on their fourth and fifth string corners right now. You know, you had, you hoped Bryce Callahan, um, he was the plan a, at that second cornerback spot, and then Devontae Bosby played for a little bit at the beginning of the season, and he was looking pretty good until he got hurt. And so, um, and then Denver had Isaac Adam, who was their third-round draft pick just a year ago, and he has barely seen the field, which shows you, you know, kind of his development track with how thin they've been at corner. They haven't even put him in. And so, I think, mean, you know, depending on health, corner is going to be a top priority in the offseason. Um but that's, that was the biggest piece, I think, on Sunday as well. You know, those guys got picked on, um, and Denver's kind of the, the stories out on Denver's secondary and the way to really get after them is expose those guys. 
Yeah, and the Bills doing it with guys like Cole Beasley, John Brown, uh, Robert Foster, you know, guys who uh, had success at other places and now ended up at Buffalo and kind of having a resurgence. Uh, Brandon Allen goes 10 to 25 for 82 yards. It was not a beautiful sight. Uh, no touchdowns, one interception. Were we going to see Drew Locke, you think, in the next week or so? Yeah, I think you have to. I don't. I don't think Denver can um, hold off the the sweeping tide any longer. As much as they would probably like to be able to keep Drew Locke and let him continue to, you know, sit and develop, they just can't do it with, um, you know, Joe Flacco's health. He's not able to go, and Brandon Allen has, you know, shown that he could potentially come in. He knows the offense enough to maybe stick around as a backup. But you know, you take away a couple big. Um, plays in yards after the catch and a you know crazy amazing catch by Cortland Sutton in the Cleveland game and Brandon Allen's numbers may look similar than as they had the last two weeks he hasn't gone over 50 percent um, in completion percentage the last two weeks and somebody was comparing it on Twitter the other day to you know Tim Tebow's career numbers and that it was you know pretty on par in terms of completion percentage and so um, you know and all of that's not his fault but I think you've got to put somebody else in at quarterback, and especially when you have a young guy like Locke waiting in the wings that the organization needs to see something from. And at this point, the fans really want to see something from. And so I think, you know, Denver, it's in their best interest. They've got a home game against the Chargers. And after the product they put on the field the last two weeks, I think they're going to have some trouble attracting fans in the next five weeks to sit out there in the cold and watch the kind of offensive um, you know, product they've put on the field. And so I think you've got to put Drew Locke in there for a myriad of reasons. Um, and I think, you know, fans and giving them something to see and come out for is probably pretty close up there on top of the list. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Jeffrey Esser, our guest here on the Morning Blitz, uh, talking uh, Denver Broncos 20 3 loss. Uh, at Buffalo this past uh, Sunday. Let's have a little fun here and look ahead to the – I'm sorry, this is going to sound bad – to the end of the season. And let's say they've got to go out and do no, – that is the fun part. <laughs> they're looking ahead to the end of the season here. You mentioned going out and getting cornerbacks as one – they got to go out and try to find some guys to help in the secondary a little bit. What else is a big position of need that needs to be addressed right away for this team, in your opinion? Yeah, it's really tough because, you know, you kind of look at the hierarchy and John Elway – you know, talked about this when he first um, took over as general manager, and it's kind of just understood around the league of the, you know, the top key elite positions that you need to have difference makers at, um, you know, and it starts at quarterback, you need to have good tackles. Um, it used to be just left tackle, but really you got to have um, solid tackles on both sides. And then the cornerback position and edge rusher are kind of mixed in there as well um, next. And so you look at across the board for Denver and they've kind of got needs aside from edge position, they've got needs across the board on those top positions. Um, you know, quarterback will be number one. It'll be interesting to see what they do there. You've got, you know, a 
um, one of the benefits that came out of this game is Denver moved up in draft position. They were sitting at number seven, and now they sit at number five. So they're setting to you know potentially pick number five overall. Um, even, and even if they do drop down a little bit and end up picking top ten, I don't think if you're John Elway you can go three years in a row picking in the top ten of the draft without securing your franchise guy. And, you know, um, it, it becomes a little sticky because Joe Burrow looks like the guy from LSU looks like he'll um, – be picked number one overall and if Cincinnati you know continues winless it looks like they'll probably take him and then it becomes a little muddy because Justin Herbert hasn't looked very well um, guy from Oregon and then um, Tua Tagovailoa from Alabama his health is kind of up in the air and he was the next guy that everybody was talking about as you know the next big quarterback prospect and so Denver could be sitting in the draft um, with a top 10 pick needing a quarterback because you're not really going to know enough about Drew Locke in, you know, this season. You weren't going to know enough about Drew Locke this season anyway because he needed some time to develop. And so I don't think you can pass at a pass up a quarterback. But there may not be a great one for the taking. So they're kind of in a, a sticky spot there. And then, of course, the tackle positions, depending on Juwan James's health. And Garrett Bowles has clearly shown he's not the answer. They may ride with him one more year. But this is a strong tackle class. And so you think – Maybe they go after one of those top tackles. And then, you know, depending on cornerback health, they've got to get some guys there. And so it's, it's kind of a tough spot to be for Denver because you'd like to, with all the holes they have on the team, if you're sitting at the number five pick or the number 10 pick or something like that, you'd like to just take the best talent available because you have so many holes. But really they've got to, you know, quarterback is the position of need until it's not and right now you know the Denver doesn't have the answer and even if Drew Locke comes out and you know looks okay over the next couple games I still don't think you can assume that he's going to be your guy just based on a couple games. Final question before I let you go don't you think that even though if they go out and they sure up that offensive line find a way that would help the quarterback position a little bit though I mean just getting him more time to throw and, and especially opening up some running lanes for they have a couple of solid backs especially with Philip Lindsay. Yeah, I think so, and there's an argument to be made for that. You know, if Drew Locke shows enough in the first couple games, you know, you, you could think that the organization might um, think, okay, let's get this guy a left tackle. Um, we'll take the top left tackle that falls to us if we have a top pick. Um, you know, let's try to shore up that other guard spot because I think Leary might be um, moving on after this year based on his health issues and stuff. And so let's shore up that offensive line. Let's try to get him a number two receiver and go out there and see what we can do. Um, you know, and, and maybe the organization is thinking that direction, and that's why they're wanting to kind of hang on to Drew Locke um, and not put him out there because they kind of um, maybe know what they have from him. But it's kind of hard to see because he's been hurt. And um, so, you know, you saw a little bit of him in, in preseason. Of course, the coaches in the organization, they see a lot more behind the scenes in terms of how the guy conducts himself in the meeting room, how he's picking up the offense and all of that. Um, and so it's not just, you know, what the fans see out on the field that goes into the QB evaluation. But, you know, that's a tough spot to be. I, I agree that you'd really like to load up with talent and just try to put the quarterback in the best position to succeed. But at the same time, if you go another year and you get a couple games in and realize, you know, that maybe Drew Locke starts playing a little bit like we've seen Brandon Allen play, starts out, you know, with some flash and then starts to fade, it becomes another really long season with a, a really struggling offense and no answer at quarterback again. And at that point, I think, um, you know, some, 
some seats start getting hot in the executive offices and um, even on the coaching staff. He is Jeffrey Essery of MileHighReport.com. Uh, Jeffrey, appreciate you hopping on. I know it's not uh, the easiest time to talk about the Broncos when there's a lot more to fix than there is to talk about that's uh, good. But uh, we appreciate your insight, and uh, we'll catch up with you again next week. Anytime. Appreciate it, Russ.